What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by The Collective Experienced Fast House and, of course, FMF. Love my good friend over at FMF, Donnie Emler Jr. himself, hooking up uh, just about every bike in the stable with a brand new exhaust system from FMF, best in the business. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got a repeat offender. In fact, he's been on the podcast at least 12 times times during this summer he goes by the name of dave drakes double d how's it going pretty good man uh just hanging out you know before i do a little bit of bike work figure i'd hop on the pod talk some moto and uh, get the weekend started right fair enough that is how you start the weekend right and you yourself always have bike work to do because uh um the 2019s are out and uh about one decade ago people were talking about the brand new 09s and you yourself has the brand new 09 which uh if that's the case you got to do some bike work time and time again uh tell me a little bit about your weekend my friend or your week oh yeah uh week week's been a little hectic kind of run around and uh get things going for uh, for straight rhythm. You know, we've got a really cool program rolling out for that, along with the regular nine-to-five of uh, designing motorcycles and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's keep, keeping me busy. Uh, just looking forward to, you know, relaxing weekend, getting some throttle therapy, and getting my old girl running again, man. You know, got to keep that furnace going in that old bike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 2009 YZF. 250 or YZ250F. I don't know. Is that Which one is it called? I think it's a YZF, is it not? Uh, yeah, it's wise. Yeah, it's a four fifty because I got fat in college, so I, you know, a two fifty wouldn't pull me around anymore. Oh, really? It's two fifty. <laughs> four fifty. A four fifty. It's a four fifty. Oh, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. I didn't know you yeah, had the, yeah. the, the big bike. All right, fair enough. Yeah, that, yeah. That's a decent a lot bike, of grunt. though. Those, like, uh, I, if I if I'm not mistaken, uh, a different guy that was pretty tanned uh, took that bike to a championship that year. Yes, no. Yeah, I wish I was about maybe uh, one eighth as talented as him, but you know. We we can all we can all wish and dream, Maybe. but yeah, it make it make the it make the podiums a little bit easier to come by. <laughs> probably, probably. Well, I think you got better hair than that guy. Uh, but either way, uh, Dave, uh, the season is coming to a close. Uh, we're about a one week's time away from doing the final wrap up for uh, this uh, this season. Obviously, this uh, we're going to talk a little bit about round eleven. Uh, which I guess, yeah, I, was gonna, I mentioned it was going to be 12 times. This is the 11th time. And uh, we're actually probably going to do a race review. Um, we could actually probably do a race review as recently as 24 hours from now uh, because that's when the, the next race will be finished. Uh, we, owe, we, of course, apologize to those who do uh, listen on a regular basis and enjoy our race reviews. Um, I think this one, this one's about 50, 50, or maybe even 60, 40 on my fault for not getting this out sooner. Uh, hectic schedules combined with Dave not being able to stick to our Monday agreement, um, have, uh, have kept us off the pod all the way until right now, uh, where now we can talk about it and, uh, discuss, uh, the Bud's Creek Geico motorcycle, Bud's Creek national four fifties, uh, are going to come up after we talk about two fifties, but, uh, 
Uh, this was an amazing. This was an exciting race. Uh, the reason why we're still going to do this podcast as late as we are is because Dave has been talking all week about how awesome this race is. Got to talk about it. Can't let this thing go, uh, and and for good reason because we crowned a champion this last weekend. There, Dave. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I will take the blame on uh, you know dropping the ball and uh, making the pot away. My schedule has been nuts, and um, so yeah, I, I owe you dinner for that one. <laughs> but uh, you, you have me on record now. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I was. It was. I had to hop on, man. This this weekend was was super great for racing. Um, <coughs> it, we, we crowned a champion, Aaron Plessinger. I mean, we called it pretty early in the season. We've been talking about him all season long about how how fluid he looks, how in control he looks, right, riding like a very confident rider. Um, you know, he had a, he had a lot of lot stacked against him. You know, following that Supercross uh, championship where. A lot of riders tend to come out and, and motocross and kind of uh, hang back, you know, not really push too much, and really don't they really don't show what they what they bought in Supercross a few few months earlier. And Plessinger just kind of you know made us eat our words a little bit and, and kind of flipped uh, flipped it upside down and was strong through the whole season, you know, minimized his mistakes and had a, a very very impressive uh, season. So um, you know you, you gotta you gotta give the guy props. He rode very well in the first moto, maybe. Maybe a little bit relaxed in the second moto with that 11th, but still, I mean, the 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 whole season leading up to now has been just masterful, and um, he definitely earned that uh, that new ride that he just thinks with his new uh, teammate Barsha. So, uh, can't expect to see that guy, you know, try to try to you know uh, keep that keep that momentum going, keep that fire burning in the 450s next year. Yes, sir. Officially moving up to the 450 class for 2019. Won't defend either one of his titles, uh, which is uh, much to the chagrin of Star Racing Yamaha. I'm sure they uh, they bid a very bitter bid farewell to uh, their their top rider for 2018. But I'm sure they're happy to st- see the guy stay on blue and also stay within that monster claw. Um, but yeah, honestly, uh, a season to remember for Aaron Plessinger. He's a double champion in the series, which is uh, uh, a feat in and above itself. Uh, you, you, we like often we see one rider really take hold of uh, of the series and 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 get like a uh, like it's not uncommon to see double champions. But when they do, it's uh, it's something that you basically have to stand up, take notice because um, Aaron Plessinger, for all intents and purposes. Uh, has been racing for almost, let's say, nine, better part of, of, of nine months now, and been, for the most part, flawless. Um, he's been consistent, he's been fast, he, indoors, outdoors, you name it. His bad days have been uh, damage controlling, his good days have been absolutely dominant, and uh, he'll, he won't run the number one plate on, uh, on, on either coast or outdoors next year, but uh, that guy has certainly earned that contract he inked with Yamaha. Great signing on their part. I think that's a great move. 100%. You know, he's, uh, what, what can you say about him? You know, he, he's, he's the guy at the top of the sport right now in the 250s, kind of similar to the way that uh, Cooper came to the 450s a couple of years ago. You know, the guy was winning, you know, supercrosses, and he was running outdoors and running away with it, and really didn't have much in the way of competition. And I think Plessinger is, is that same, you know, that same way. Um, and now, you know, even even though that that deal was inked just you know what couple handful of hours ago, maybe not even a day, um, and uh, you know you already have people saying you know what's going to happen with him when he goes to the four fifties? Is he going to you know show us that that Aaron Plessinger style that we saw in eighteen? Is he going to have well, more of a quote unquote floppy year like Cooper had when he first went to the four fifties? So 
speculation's already already uh, you know getting underway. But uh, with one more race to go, still another 250 race, you know that he that he has to complete. You know he's had a year that he should be extremely proud of. This could this year you know could have made the rest of his career in the 450s. You know the work he's putting in could set him up for years to years on the road with contracts and you know sponsor and just the attention from fans and um, you know all the exposés that were on him and stuff. It's uh, definitely definitely a great year to to be Aaron Plessinger and uh, you know going back to what you said about the star racing guys. You know they they have to be super heartbroken to have that guy leave, but that's the intent of the uh, 250 class. You know it's a feeder class of the 450s, and uh, you know that's that's the ultimate goal for these guys is to you know use these stepping stone teams um, and the support they get to to get these championships in the, in the 250 class and then uh, take that success and all that nurturing that they get and bring it to the 450s and hopefully you know, make the old teams proud and uh, get a championship, get their name in the record books. That he has. And uh, in uh, to add to that, uh, also uh, before the break, before Unadilla, uh, he becomes a father for the first time. And I believe prior to that, he was a stepfather. Uh, of course, uh, him and his uh, now fiancé, um, they are caring for two now, and that's really cool. He's a dad. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think his, uh, I think it's, is it Jack? Jack or Jake? Yeah, yeah. Either way, yeah. Right uh, <laughs> yeah either <laughs> he's got a, he's got a son. Uh, of course, uh, like everyone, uh, you'd, be, you'd be happy regardless of the sex, and as long as it has ten toes uh, and ten fingers. But uh, um, I think every every guy wants to have a son, and uh, he's definitely got that now. And he's uh, he's Papa Plessinger, and he's got a championship on, under his belt. And uh, moving on to the four fifties. He's got two more races on a 250F, and I don't know if it's just uh, uh, serendipitous or something along those lines, but uh, isn't it kind of almost insult to injury that uh, heading tomorrow, I don't know, I think maybe he'll probably run that number throughout uh, tomorrow's events, but uh, if you're... um, if you're Alex Martin, are 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 you a little bit salty that the the guy that uh, is riding off with your championship is also going to run the last uh, motor of the year wearing your number? I would be extremely salty. I mean, <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's it, kind of like could he not be wearing twenty five or twenty seven? He's got to wear my number. Yep, uh, well, I, I I agree with you, but I mean, we talked about it earlier in the season multiple times. I mean, these guys did it to themselves. Oh, yeah. You know, um, they had every opportunity, uh, you know, they had every chance to, to really to really stick it to these guys, you know, and really hold off Fessinger and run with them, you know, especially at their home track, you know, um, which just gave up tons of points, tons of opportunities, making silly mistakes here and there. We talked about maybe them fighting uh, bike issues and, uh, you know, maybe lack of training or something, something like that. But these, these demons kind of get to them and, and really knocked them back a spot where Plessinger held, you know, held it on the whole time, stayed focused, put his head down. And you know what? I mean, hey, that's to, to the victor go the spoils, you know. It's it, that's the way our sport is. And, uh, you know, it's you're not going to get pat on the back for trying hard, you know. There's, there's guys out there that want your money. They want those wins or they, they want to take their – they want to eat your lunch pretty much. So, um, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't doubt him for doing it. And, uh, you know, Hopefully next year, uh, all of his contenders, you know, they they step it up. They they take this uh, inner uh, inner angst that I'm sure that they're feeling, and uh, make sure they kick ass in Supercross and uh, and outdoors next year to redeem themselves. 
Sir, yes, sir. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's awesome to, uh, to see it all taking shape. Uh, last time we got on the pod, we talked about, uh, it was, that was, I guess that was after Una Dillon. We spent probably 25 plus minutes talking about uh, this whole uh, Team Puerto Rico thing with Ronnie Mack. He has since gone into hiding and uh, is no longer on Team Puerto Rico, but uh, the other country or the other team representing uh, Team USA uh, is looking pretty freaking good. Uh, of course, uh, they'll still have to deal with Canada, but uh, Justin Barsha, who ha- is God, got got to be 2018 Comeback Rider of the Year, a guy who let this time last year did not have a deal, was not uh, talking to any uh, teams. Now, not only is named to the basically the best team in the in the world, in my opinion, as the most potent um, team to compete for uh, this this year's motocross the nations, but also has himself inked a two year deal with uh, with Factory Yamaha, so he'll be on that bike for the the next two years. Stoked on that, Eli Tomac, who. Uh, uh, despite a, uh, other than a few uh, like weirdo motos this summer, has been extremely dominant and probably should have won the Supercross title if not for a couple of uh, hiccups as, as well. Um, and then uh, yeah, like the guy that we were just talking about, Aaron Plessinger. Uh, if 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 your money's not on uh, the red, white, and blue uh, for uh, the championship, well, I don't know what to tell you. This thing is going to be pretty crazy. Agreed. I think this is one of the best chances we've had in a, in a good couple of years. Uh, not, you know, not knocking some of the other guys that we've had on our teams, but um, everybody on this team is a is a viable threat. Where in the past you might have had maybe one guy that could that could win a win a race, with the rest of the guys being maybe support or at least a podium threat. Uh, every single one of these guys is capable of winning a race. They have won a race, um, you know, at the in the on the premier series, you know, most most premier series in the world. So. I, I think this, if, if any year we're going to do it, I think it's definitely this year. Um, not knocking what anyone else brings to the table. I mean, uh, I'm a huge Benoit fan. I'm a, you know, a big fan of Canadian racing. And, uh, you know, Pettis is, a, is on rails this year. Benoit had a great showing last year. And then, you know, you can't leave out France either uh, with, you know, Ferrandis and Palin and, and uh, Roman Fevre. And just every, everyone just seems like they're, they're bringing the, the, the best of the best. Um, you know, having said that, you know, I might be a little biased, but I, I do think that we're going to try, we're going to grab this one. I think Eli Tomek being team captain is just, um, you know, he's too stubborn to take a, to take a loss, especially after this season, you know, where he's been, he's been bullbucking his way through the point and is crushing it so hard. So I think we're really, really going to have some great, uh, so, some great finishes. And, you know, going back to Barsha, that guy's had a great year. I echo what you said a hundred percent. And, uh, especially after this last ride, you know, I think we're finally, thank God, starting to see the Barsha that I've been talking about for the last couple of last couple of races. The Barsha from you know 14 and the one that was battling with with Dungey and really showing some speed in the Yamaha. It, it obviously maybe bring, brought me back to that same year where that guy is on rails, fighting with Tomek, you know, not giving up these positions easy, and that's that's the guy that we need to represent us at the nations. That's the kind of tenacity and 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 drive and, and aggression that we really need to, to take back that Chamberlain trophy. And, uh, and I'm very, very excited to see what happens. I plan to be there to watch it all and, and get some decent content and uh, hopefully make some memories. because This is definitely going to be one that you, uh, everyone wants to see. 
Oh, it's one to circle on the calendar for sure, and I'm excited about it. Let's uh, talk a little bit more 250s here, and uh, about, uh, let's see, because we did the pot, we did about 10 days ago, and we did our wrap-up for Unadilla, we talked about uh, how certain results kind of needed to be taken with a grain of salt as far as uh, how how much weight you put into certain uh, results, and one of which was Mitchell Harrison, and I uh, distinctly remember mentioning the fact that uh, this, like, you can't take uh, all mud results at face value, but you also can't completely discredit them because results are results and confidence is confidence. And um, Mitchell Harrison showed, has showed us just how effective confidence in this game can be. Has been routinely outside the top five all season long. In some, ser- in, in some uh, races, been outside the top ten. He backs up his Unadilla finishes with a pair of top fives, fourth overall. Um, and we'll get to the t- the front runners right away. So, uh, sorry to keep you waiting, RJ. But uh, the thing that jumps off the page the most at me from this weekend is just a really solid day from Mitchell Harrison. I, I'd like to think that he listened to the pod last weekend because I distinctly said that I think he's going to ride this wave of confidence, and it's clear yeah. that he did so. Uh, hats off to him, and it was awesome watching him battle. He had a few close calls with his teammate, Mike Moseman, which was, I mean, scary, I'm sure, for uh, for Mr. Hewitt, you know, the team owner, or sorry, team manager. But uh, for us at home, it was awesome racing. And I will say that that 250 looks like it's working 100% uh, better than it did earlier in the season, and that thing is on the rails. Those guys had very few mistakes, very few bobbles. Um, you know, a few of the other guys are maybe bouncing around a little bit more than he than they were. So um, just just a just a nod to how awesome that that uh, that bike is set up. Um, but yeah, I, I think he really really uh, got a you know kick in the butt last weekend and and realized you know he he should be up there with a lot of these with these top guys and he, you know it's about time that he puts in some good results and and rides where he should be being a you know a factory husky rider. You know, I know they made a lot of excellence and and they picked him for a reason because the guy's got a lot a lot of talent and. Uh, it, it was just great to see them put that put that to use. You know, just very very close to being on the podium. Um, I think you know next week it, it bodes well for another great finish and and uh, sets him up for a great 2019 season where you know we should see him top three maybe podium threats regularly. Just just based off of you know the experience he has, the support he has, and the finishes that we're seeing now. So definitely definitely happy to see a, a rider that's had you know some struggles here and there, not not too many top fives start to figure it out and, and, and assert themselves in that uh, that top five rank, you know, it's it's not an easy class to do it in, so uh, yeah, congrats to him. For sure, it's it's a step in the right direction and a guy that's probably racing for a contract, um, making the most of his last few races of 2018. Um, turning pro at the last few nationals, I believe it was three seasons ago, If maybe, uh, it's not four seasons ago, it's got to be three seasons ago, RJ Hampshire um, came out with a, a ton of, uh, I wouldn't say hype, but a, a ton of a ton of expectations. Uh, he won the Monster Cup. Uh, he, I think he, he clinched a couple of championships at Loretta's prior to going pro. Uh, he's shown speed. He's shown style. He's come back from injuries, um, which, uh, in my opinion, just shows a lot of grit and determination. And uh, he toted his uh, his teammate along with him for good measure. It's and nice of him to do that to do that. R.J. Hampshire takes home his first ever uh, overall win uh, with a one-two and or two-one rather, 
And uh, yeah, gotta gotta give a hats off to the kid who uh, finally gets the job done. We'd been waiting on him a little bit, and uh, Geico gets the job done uh, at their home national, or I guess say yeah, I think it's the home national, so to speak. Um, goes one and two. Like uh, both guys, we've been talking about need to kind of make a move forward and make something happen, and they do. Yeah, it's always great to see a, a rider get their first, you know, their first moto win, their first overall. And you can kind of see like you know the the weight is off the shoulders a little bit, you know, you knock that first one off and, you know, you're, you're hoping the other one start to come just as easy and you're just excited. And the whole team is stoked. And it was super cool to see that for RJ. And, you know, um, what jumped out to me was that, you know, we're so used to seeing this guy up front that it, it never crossed my mind that he's never won a, a, a outdoor overall, you know, an outdoor race. So it was a um, little, little surprising at first, you know, cause the guy is so fast. He, you know, he's, he's super, super talented. So that was a, that was definitely a shock, but, you know, happy it happened. It made for some amazing racing. You know, he, he rode well, both motos, super strong. Um, you know, we didn't see him fade, which goes to show that, you know, he's, he's just as fit as anyone else. And um, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little concerned about the, the first half of the season, and I'm wondering what, what happened. You know, why weren't we seeing this same R.J. Hampshire early in the season? And what, what was holding him back a little bit? Because – the way he was riding, it looks like he should have been up there battling for wins, just like Ferrandez and, uh, you know, just like Forkner and Savachi were. So, you know, it makes, makes it raise the question of, you know, what was he, what was he doing for the last couple of months? And, uh, but, you know, nonetheless, it's, it's still, a, still, a, still great to see him up front and, and, and get, getting that win. And I'm hoping for, for 19, I don't think it's moving up uh, to the 450s, that it adds just one more contender for the title, you know, one more person who's capable for, of winning, one more person who's got some confidence and some momentum in their corner. And, you know, hopefully it's, it's a huge, uh, you know, a huge stack class, even more so than it was this year for great racing, you know, more that most of the week could talk about more things for fans to get excited about um, just more attention on the 250 class because it's, it's, it's should trip up to be a really good one. For sure. And uh, I, I, I hats off to both those riders for, for riding as well as they did towards the back half. Clutch performances one and two, and uh, uh, RJ like as far as like, he's got to probably have a conference, little conversation with his teammate uh, at the tail end of that one. Like, uh, hey bud, uh, my my, I was going for the win here, and you hounded me to the very end. Of course, Chase wants to win his uh, <laughs> win a race in his own right, but uh, like basically, just like uh, Chase Sexton hunted down uh, Joey Savacci. Uh, throughout the pack in, I think that was Washougal, basically was in the rearview mirror of RJ Hampshire for the entire moto. Uh, both of them uh, finishing, I guess, if they still have to pull it off this weekend, but uh, finishing 2018 on, uh, on, a, on a positive note. And I think uh, this might be uh, signs of, of uh, like... 2019 Chase Sexton really being somebody that need that... Uh, um, is, is, is going to be a force to be reckoned with. I think that's for sure. Um, your top five got rounded out by Austin Forkner, who uh, for most, for the, like for, for lack of better words, just had a consistent day. Uh, used to seeing just flashes of brilliance where that guy's leading laps, this, that, and the other thing. But uh, other than a, uh, an off-track excursion, uh, which uh, was a little bit, uh, a little bit hairy, uh, goes 3-7 for fifth overall. Just a, a good, quiet day. Maybe that's... Uh, Sign of good things to come this weekend. Uh, finally, has a, like a solid, like just a solid day. Get some good results, and then you can go back to being uh, wide open. We'll see how that works out. I hope. I hope it does. I hope you know he really 
sort of comes to life this, this weekend in, um, at Ironman Raceway and, and uh, ends the season on a positive note. He's had just – him and Savachi both have just had the worst luck and consistency seemed to just elude them at every single race. And uh, Bud was finally the first time where we've seen him, like, you know, you know third and a seventh, you know, kind of around the same ballpark, still got that, that top five overall. And it's something that if you ask me at the end of the season, you know, would Forkner struggle to get a, to get podiums or struggle to get top fives? Man, I would have, I would have laughed in your faces. You know, of course he'd, he'd be up front just winning and and killing it, and you know he wouldn't it wouldn't even be an issue. But um, yeah, it's it's just been a, a topsy turvy sort of season for them and the, the whole PC crew. You know, with with Adam sitting out and you know Savachi having his ups and downs and and Forkner Forkner with you know his mishaps has just been really really tough for that for that whole team. So. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure they'll take the top five. It's not what they want, in the, you know, ultimately, but I think uh, they'll use it as a, as a stepping stone for this next weekend and hopefully, um, just like everyone else, just carry some positive momentum into next season and sort of refresh. I think that's what they all need, um, just, to, just to come in, shake off the bad vibes and uh, and just come in super strong and, and, and contend for those titles that they really, they really should be grabbing. For sure. I think there's more than a few of these uh, 250 and 450 riders uh, who are feeling it uh, at this point of the season. Um, I think regardless of uh, if you're racing pro or you're doing the full series at the amateur level, uh, this is the time of year that uh, I wouldn't say racing ever become like, yeah, it's a bit of a job, I guess. Um, like you got to put in those motos. You got to go out and practice. You got to like get the bike ready. You got to get the, uh, the, the, your body ready. Um Week in, week out, and I think there's more than a few of these guys that are looking forward to some time off, a little R&R, and then, uh, of course, within two weeks, you, you can't stand to be off your motorcycle and you're back out there uh, super cross-testing this, that, and the other thing, and you're getting yourself ready. But, um, yeah, like even like Alex Martin has mentioned it, Shane McElrath has mentioned it, uh, and a lot of these rookies are second-year riders like um, – Michael Moseman, Cameron McAdoo, uh, Jordan Smith. Like Jordan hasn't raced uh, outdoors in over a year. Uh, it's it's a grind on these guys, and uh, they like they they definitely uh, look forward to some time off. Um, I, and to kind of like just kind of touch on a few of the guys that uh, outside the, your top five, inside your top ten, uh, Alex Martin. Shane McElrath, uh, Michael Mosman, uh, three guys who we talked about this earlier in the season, how uh, the, the the KTMs and the Huskies at the factory level might be, uh, like actually we more or less talked about it on the TLD side, of those guys might have a little bit of uh, issues set, like setting the bikes up, but I think that might have also bled over to the uh, the Husky guys as far as the, the factory level goes because those machines are very much one of the same as far as how they're set up and, and how to work on them. And uh, given the fact that they're the pro, prior champion, um, Zach Osborne, so happy with his motorcycle that he wasn't changing it very much, uh, kind of leaves the rest of these guys kind of high and dry because you think about it, Michael, Mo- Michael Mosman, First full season racing outdoors uh, this season. Uh, and you've got uh, Mitchell Harrison, who didn't ride the bike at all last year. And then, uh, like, McElrath and uh, um, Alex Martin might be uh, familiar with it, but uh, Jordan Smith wasn't. So, like, you, you've got quite a few guys there that are uh, pretty well new at setting that bike up and getting it ready to race outdoors. And maybe uh, it is taken till all the way at this point in the season where all of them are feeling comfortable with the package that they have. It, it could very well be the case, you know, um, like I said a little earlier in the show, is, um, 
uh, I was I was really shocked about how good those Husky bikes looked. Man, they looked very very like planted, uh, super super fast, and those guys were were ready to 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 go you know all out for thirty plus two without any issues. Whereas at the beginning of the season, we weren't you know we weren't seeing these guys uh, you know as confident. They were making mistakes, and the bikes were all over the place. Uh, I, I think especially more so with the KTM side. It, um, we saw a you know, guy like Alex Martin, who isn't really known for falling all the time, and that guy was on the ground just you know, eating dirt quite a bit. So um, I, I think it definitely had to do with a setup issue, not so much as, not so much as comfort, because those guys had some time in Supercross to kind of work on you know, working the bike a little bit. I know there's not much carryover, but at least it gives you a deep, a deep enough base and some stuff from, uh, from previous years and some other riders like Osborne, who was riding the bike before. But I think, uh, like you said, just just from racing throughout the, throughout the season and kind of getting that, that seat time in, in some of these races, uh, really helped them set the bikes up a little bit better and uh, hoping that that translated to a little bit better finishes, especially for the KTM guys. You know, I wanted to see uh, Amart up there just, uh, you know, sticking his nose and trying to get a little bit of points or some sort of, some sort of shine before the season ends up, you know, and um, as well as McElrath. But, um, it, you know, it just could have been a, a, a bum week for those guys, uh, you know, weird, weird fluke or whatever. So, you know, hopefully uh, all the kinks are worked out. We won't have any anybody having any more issues for this last round. We can get a, a really decent battle. Ideally, it'd be great to see, a, you know, 10 guys battling for the win. I mean, who wouldn't love that? Um, but in this in a class like this where just, you know, horsepower is, is everything and setup is everything, um, I, I'd say even more so than the 450s even, um, it, it, you, you can't really you, – you can't spare, uh, you know, any bad motos. you, you got to have your bike set up on point, on time, uh, and, and just minimize those mistakes. I mean, and a good example of that is Aaron Plessinger. You know, the guy had almost no, almost no mistakes. You know, bike setup was was awesome. Uh, same with his teammates, you know, Cooper and Ferrandis. And look at look at the the, the year that those guys have had. Uh, they've had amazing amazing summers, amazing finishes. Bikes were just super super planted, not doing anything too wonky or too weird. And uh, you know, and, and it really shows. So. Um, yeah, you know, rock, whatever Rockstar Husky did, it, it's paying off, and, and hopefully, you know, it, it, it can pay off as well, and they can share that with KTM, and we can get more guys uh, more guys kicking butt. Heck yeah, and another rider uh, joining the fray, and uh, he doesn't yet, yet have a, uh, a little avatar, or they didn't get his photo in time to have him uh, have his photo on the results on uh, promorecross.com is uh, Mitchell Falk making his pro debut, ran up front in both motos, good starter, uh, we can put on his report card for his first race, uh, but uh, a couple of down motos, uh, 18, uh, 17, uh, maybe not exactly what he was hoping for for results, but uh, with you, when you compare him to kind of like the guys that are around him, rather new, uh, and guys that are on solid teams, like uh, he's not too far behind his teammate Sean Cantrell and just ahead of uh, fellow uh, KTM uh, factory rider, uh, Dakota Alex. So uh, if you're kind of right in the mix and obviously had some uh, laps up front at certain points of the day, uh, I, I, not all negatives for Mitchell Falk and uh, like uh, moving on to the last round of the year. I think that uh, um, uh, like a, a, a kind of maybe I say a rude awakening, but uh, a, like a, a welcome to pro racing for him. 19th overall, probably not something he's seen in the last decade or so of racing, but uh, uh, goes out there, has some solid laps, running the number one, two, three. He'll be doing the same thing this weekend, and uh, I was impressed. I thought the kid rode great. I think so as well. You know, he's extremely talented. 
I mean, you could see him at Loretta's, you, you, you know, at the other amateur nationals. He's got talent. He's been with KTM for a little while, getting groomed, you know, by, by some of the pro riders and their, and their pro support staff. So uh, the, the talent is undeniable. You can't say the kid can't ride a motorcycle. I think we're going to see some great things out of him. I'd be very surprised if he didn't end up doing what, uh, with what, what Cooper did this year and, uh, you know, bringing that Yamaha up front and, and getting some wins and some podiums, you know, kind of shocking a lot of people. Uh, I think it's going to take him a little while just to get his feet wet, you know, get beat up by these big guys for a little while. It's definitely jarring and uh, yeah, rude awakening, uh, so to speak, for uh, for a lot of AM guys coming up. It's a whole different schedule, a whole different type of intensity. The track shape up differently. It takes a little bit of time to get the cadence and flow, but I don't think this is a case of, you know, a, a amateur phenom that's that's under going to underperform. I think he's too talented for it. Has too much of a good support behind him. Um, I will say though, you know, bringing him onto the team and and having you know guys who are underperforming, quote unquote, like uh, Sean Cantrell, which we're hoping kind of picks it up and and can can secure that ride for a couple more seasons to come. Hopefully, um, you know, it doesn't really bode well for them if if you know the new rookie is only a you know handful of spots right behind him and and you know god forbid he actually passes them beats and pulls them and has you know a better string of motos um than, than guys who are currently on the team that could could bode pretty ugly for uh for, for the rest of the teammates but you know looking more positive um you know i'm, I'm hoping that that fall can get up front really quick and mix it up and and give us even you know even more of a of a deep talent pool than we than we currently already have and just make the sport better and i'm looking to see what he does but um i'm looking to uh to see how we handle Supercross, the whole the whole schedule, and um, I'm, I'm hoping I can I can see some podiums out of a you know bright-eyed, fresh kid. Time will tell, and uh, looking forward to seeing some results from this weekend, uh, where you yourself will be. Uh, only a three hours drive is Crawfordsville, Indiana, from uh, from where you reside, uh, which is of course a top secret uh, location in uh, Wisconsin, I do believe, but. Uh, um, yeah, like tell me a little bit about your trip down to uh, Crawfordsville. I'm sure you're leaving bright and early tomorrow morning. Oh yeah, super super early. Got to pack the cooler with all my goodies, get some good uh, some good road tunes going, and uh, yeah, it's probably going to leave here about eh, maybe four. Get there uh, get there around seven seven thirty ish, and uh, um, yeah, just try to try to uh, meet up with some of the some of the riders on the on the, on the program and. Um, just, you know, just go out with a bang for the season. It was, it was a pretty good season, great racing, and just uh, just want to see some more of it for this weekend. And we actually had a giveaway, uh, partnered up with MX Culture, and uh, we got chose a lucky fan to uh, to get a free experience from us with uh, Brennan Scharr um, and uh, Brent Rouse and, uh, you know, all of their teams. So I'm really excited to be able to offer that to someone and, um, you know, get them hooked up with some swag, have them meet a few uh, few industry insiders and make some connections. So that, that's always great for me to, to be able to see and, and uh, bring to bring to every everyday fan. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. Um, you know, I definitely wish I was riding my own dirt bike, but, you know, second best is, uh, is hanging out at a, at a pro race, man. It doesn't get much better than that. You betcha, my friend. Uh, getting there and uh, maybe not getting the throttle therapy yourself, which I'm sure you'd uh, you'd rather be getting. But uh, to hear those rev limiters and uh, and to see uh, a race like Crawfordsville is something to behold. And I believe there'll be a 125 race, so there'll be premix in the air. Uh, all things good and uh, and wonderful. And of course, Dave Derringer over at 
MX culture. He's good people uh, for the most part, unless you like actually have to converse with him or spend any real time <laughs> with Dave. Uh, of course, I'm kidding, but uh, Dave's good, good. Dave's good people. But uh, excited to uh, to get your report from that. Always a good uh, always a good chat after these pot these. Uh, races that you're actually on scene for. And, of course, uh, through the collective experience, you'll be uh, basically giving away one of those experiences, and you can tell me a little bit about that as well. Yeah, uh, it's something that we usually do uh, for the last round every year outdoors. We do a contest, um, usually through Instagram or through our Facebook, um, you know, just trying to trying to uh, give an experience to a fan that, who might not be able to, to grab it on their, you know, through their own resources. So it's something that we really want to make sure that we we keep every each fan in mind, you know, no matter what financial you know financial issues there are, and just bring opportunities um, to to everyone. So um, yeah, what we do is we uh, do an online contest. We pick our winner and we we give them the star treatment. So we make sure we leave them you know some guest fans. Uh, we give them you know goodie bags, the same thing that that every other fan would get. We make sure that we introduce them to as many people um, in the in the pits as possible. Um, you know, mechanics, gear guys. Um, support staff like suspension folks, engine tuners, just you know anyone that they have an interest in meeting. And uh, you know, nine times out of ten, it ends up being a racer themselves or somebody who's looking to get to that next level. And through the connections they make with our program, um, they're able to do that. They're, half the time, they get you know some awesome promo codes from you know us as well as our great sponsors, but also people through the pitch, you know, from from you know other other uh, other awesome companies and and uh, you know different different tool companies and just I mean you name it. It's it's a really, really great experience where you can just be fully behind that velvet rope and, and get some, some great, some great uh, connections within the sport. And uh, I know if I was, uh, this was offered when I was, you know, still a little younger and, and racing a little bit more, man, I'd take full advantage of it because it's just, you get so much, it's so value added. And we are, you know, our major goal is just to help the sport grow, help get fans a, a, another platform, another experience and uh, help riders at the same time. I mean, there's a, uh, Nothing better than that, and uh, we're happy to happy to keep it going, and we're looking to do it even bigger for 2019. Absolutely, and uh, on top of that, uh, always prize packs from such great companies like FXR. Uh, you've you've aligned yourself with some awesome uh, people over the last few years, and that will no doubt continue. Uh, so, not only do people look forward to an awesome experience but also uh, some swag and whatnot, which uh, is always cool to uh, leave a race from uh, with. If you, if you got like some beer koozies, hats, t-shirts, uh, and maybe a pro jersey here and there, uh, it's always a huge benefit, and you're able to connect people with that. That's awesome. Definitely, yeah, definitely. If uh, any anytime you give away jerseys, man, it's a, it's a definitely big occasion, even for someone like myself. You know, half the time I don't want to give them away because I'm just as big a fan of the riders as some of our fans are, so... Um, it's, it's always great when you can walk away with, you know, a fistful of, a fistful of goodies, man. You know, it, it, even, even being a quote unquote industry people ourselves. And I know you and I still like that, man, you know, getting care packages and stuff. So, oh, yeah. um, yeah, we want to make, we want to make sure that we, we cover all fronts, you know, not only just, uh, experiencing what you can through the day, but having something you can take home and, and, you know, have some memories of and something that'll help their programs. Like I said, through promo codes or, you know, deals with, you know, a great sponsor that we have FXR and stuff like that. So. Um, anything we can do to really help the fans, really, really promote uh, our riders and, and promote the sport in general, we're all for it. 
You betcha. And uh, I echo that, man. Anytime I get a box, whether it's from Wee Big or Dirt Bikes for President, or today when I was completely blown away by uh, Husqvarna Canada uh, for sending me an overnight package, um, a set of spokes for my rear wheel for uh, my KTM 252 stroke. Uh, huge shout out to uh, Bruce Willis at uh, Husqvarna Canada for uh, for taking care of me on that one. Much needed to uh, make sure that this weekend I can get my throttle therapy and go out there on the uh, the 252 stroke, mix gas, haul ass, and enjoy myself uh, is huge. And uh, I super thank all of those guys for for hooking that up, especially the guys at Husky Canada uh, for for setting me up. And uh, yeah, absolutely. When it comes to uh, a care package, whether it be uh, uh, like. We big Todd Covey over at We Big hooks us up every once in a while. Uh, James Hansen at Dirt Bikes for President. I think that's someone that you need to maybe uh, search out tomorrow and get yourself a, uh, a Dirt Bikes for President hat or something. Uh, that would be. I think that should be high on your list of uh, acquisitions for tomorrow's events. But I'll, I'll, I'll text. Uh, Text James and see if he has an extra hat for you. But either way, uh, let's That's flip it awesome. over to the 450s, and we're not going to throw it to commercial because I'm going to I'm going to couple this podcast with the interview that I did with with Garrett Schlegel, um, and uh, we'll, we'll throw it to commercial after the 450s and and, uh, and talk to Garrett for a second. That's an interview that I uh, that conducted I think two days ago that I haven't yet put out. Sorry, Garrett, but uh, either way, uh, let's let's jump straight into the 450s and. Uh, Eli Tomac uh, charges to the front. We've seen this episode before. Goes 3-1 for the overall. Swaps out moto finishes with uh, Ken Roxon, who uh, with about five minutes to go still looked like he was going to be the, uh, the the winner of that uh, that the his, his first overall going 1-2. But uh, yet again, Eli Tomac doing what he does. Taking another overall and uh, like not a huge change in the, in the points uh, going into the final round, but uh, I think it's all but sewn up for him now. Yeah, I mean, who's you know who, who's who's going to step up and, and stop this guy's charge right now? I think the closest we've seen is Marvin a couple of races ago, and then Kenny this past weekend. But even even still, you know, he still rallied second moto and and got those points back and, and took the overall, you know, right, right from underneath Kenny, it seems. So, um, you know, anyone that, that votes against this guy, or, or, you know, is, is, is baking on him to, to lose this title. It's sorely mistaken. This guy is, he, he's going to take it. He rides, he's riding too well. He's on a whole other level. And even when he does make the mistakes, like we, you know, like we might've seen where he might make, make a bobble here or, Get a bad start after working through the back of the pack. He always follows it up with a completely strong second moto, and usually that's a win, and and just it gets as much points back as he as he possibly can. And that's why he's sitting points lead right now. You know that's why he's got the red number one plate. And uh, I I don't see anything less than uh, another another repeat battle for this guy. And um, and you know I, I hats off to him as, as he as he should. He deserves it. He rode really really well. And and. Uh, is on a whole other level. Like I keep saying, he's he just he bolts all his way to the front. He's he's finding these creative lines. He's riding just just super super well, and and, and not really letting um, these these little mistakes that would trip up somebody else. You know, another another rider, not let him get to his head. And you know, he he really he really does rally to make sure that he gets those points back, whether it be the second moto or the following race. Um, he does what he can to get up front, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see this last round if anyone can do something. If 
Muskin can really have that straight up one-on-one stay with them kind of pace that Kenny can, you know, can block and, and uh, hang with both of those guys to get another win. And it's going to be interesting to see. For sure. I, I think if you're Eli Tomac, you just want to come in uh, completely business-like. He's going to ride. He's ridden press day today. Uh, he's got the 25 on his bike uh, during press day. I think he's going to flip back to the one for tomorrow's events. But either way, it'll be the red, white, and blue on the graphic kit, I believe, which is really cool look for, for that bike. I think that Kawasaki looks gorgeous for this weekend. And uh, two top 10 uh, finishes in, in the motos will, uh, will be good enough for... Um, for for the championship, if if I'm Eli Tomac, I want to put a put an exclamation point on this thing. I fully expect Eli Tomac to go one one. Uh, not that uh, anything less would be a disappointment, but in my opinion, that's just uh, what I think. That's what he's going to bring. Uh, it is going to be a, a, a top notch performance, and I can expect uh, I, I expect him to finish this thing out hard. Um, and uh, with not a not a whole lot to race for left for the other guys, obviously you, you kind of do your best, and uh, the, their fate is no longer in their uh, kind of their hands, so to speak. Uh, I fully expect uh, Eli Tomac to be dominant this uh, tomorrow. Uh, Marvin Muskan and Ken uh, Ken Roxon uh, will, will be in tough to compete. Honestly, those guys. Um, like they got to make up unbelievable amounts of ground in one day. Uh, obviously, th- crazier things have happened, but uh, yeah, it's. Um, I-, I think uh, for the most part, it's 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 going to be Eli Tomac tomorrow. One hundred percent. I mean, you know, like I said before, it's it's going to be hard to derail the momentum he's had and and kind of take away that focus he's had. The best that these guys can hope for is just to get up front, keep him behind them, and just you know, and just hope for. Uh, you know, something to come up and, and kind of slow him down a little bit, whether it's another rider or, or a DNF or maybe, from, you know, or something from uh, Eli, which, you know, he's had in the past. So, you know, anything's possible. But, um, you know, barring some disaster, I, I just don't see it happening. He's running too well. And and, that, and that's not a dig at, uh, at Roxanne or Muskin. Those guys are just phenomenal riders. But um, Eli just seems to have them covered, you know, even when they do kind of, put up that upfront charge and kind of run away from the first half of the motos, Eli can rally and just make up seconds upon seconds each lap and reel them in, make the pass, and then pull away. So I, I don't foresee uh, anything other than a win for Eli. Um, I think he really wants to redeem himself, especially at, at, at this race uh, for last year where Collins came over and kind of uh, kind of slipped the rug out from underneath us and, and uh, really, really, really put it to us, um, you know, with, with without much effort it looked like half the time so i think eli wants to follow uh follow up last year with a with a one one go out with a bang uh put his like you said his exclamation mark on the season and uh and get ready for for the nations around that same sort of tenacity that he had no doubt um i i fully expect a consistent rise to continue from uh from just about everyone up front including uh the uh, the resurgence of uh, of Dylan Merriam, who uh, at the beginning of the year was knocking down top tens like nobody's business, uh, and even led some uh, le- led some time at I don't think he got a full lap in at uh, Unadilla, but either way, anytime you can lap even a corner in a national is something noteworthy. Gets back inside that top ten, great great job from him. Um, but uh, I think uh, um, I, I fully expect Jason Anderson to be well within the top 10 throughout the weekend. And uh, uh, unfortunately, Weston Pike won't be there. But somehow JGR found uh, a replacement rider for him kind of at short notice, uh, maybe a week on the bike total, not even. Um, 
there's uh there's a new there's a new guy over at uh at JGR. What do you know about it? Yeah, it was uh it was a little weird week where uh you know, we saw uh somebody that we don't really see in Suzuki's much except for I believe it was 2009, 2008. Uh, yeah. Championship. Um, yep. Yeah, exactly where uh, the Mr. CR22 himself was testing on a, on a yellow uh, JGR bike for a little bit of outdoors in uh, North Carolina. So, um, yeah, that definitely threw a lot of people for a loop, just figuring, hey, he was, uh, you know, doing a little bit of testing. He's a free agent. Um, he kind of has some free time. Why not have, you know, one of the one of the all-time best riders, you know, ride your bikes, you know? Nothing, 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 don't think really too much into it. And then, uh, you know, you kept seeing the Instagram video, the Instagram video and post by Reed, post by JGR, and, you saw, you know, a few days turn into a few weeks, and then he had a bike at his own place, and, uh, you know, the, they were kind of dropping hints a little bit along the way, but it uh, looks like uh, Chad Reed's going to be riding for the, for the JGR Suzuki team this weekend, and, um, you know, who knows where that where that might lead if, if he has some good results. He seems to like the bike. Um, the, the team seems to gel well with him, and, you know, just from the few interactions we're able to see um, through Instagram, so... Uh, I'm I'm very very curious to see how he does. You know, Reed's not not known for his uh, for his outdoor skill. Um, you know, he was he he's super fast super fast outdoors. He had the championships uh, in it and and everything. But uh, you know, he's known more for his supercross prowess. So I'd be very surprised to see how we do he'll, how he does on a on a more modern you know yellow bike and see if he likes it or if he can follow up that performance he had all those years ago with uh, with a decent top ten this weekend. I'd be very very surprised to see. Absolutely. No, I think you're, you're 100% right. I don't know where his fitness is at to finish two motos, but I know two things. Chad Reed is extremely talented. Chad Reed is extremely, yep. he's extremely uh, stubborn. So um, that being, and I know that he wants a ride for next year. So I think with uh, some sponsors in tow and uh, wanting to uh, prove to his uh, potential new team that he's uh, all systems go for 2019, um, unless his hands are literally covered in blisters and he can't go, uh, I expect two motos uh, inside the top 10, especially with uh, a field that... Uh, isn't necessarily as deep as uh, maybe it uh, w one would hope it would be, um, with uh, some still some key injuries and, and guys no not not in the series right now. Like I think a lot of people are forgetting that a lot of uh, omissions from Supercross, like a Justin Brayton, like a Brock Tickle, those guys aren't there anymore. Uh, the the I wouldn't say the talent extremely drops off, but there's definitely um, a disparagement of uh, of support in and around the top ten. So uh, with with a good bike underneath them and a whole lot of stubbornness, I fully expect uh, Chad Reed to be in the top ten for both motos. Uh, and if and if and if he does end up fading back in the second moto, uh, I think you can chalk that one up as uh, a little bit of uh, late, too late, uh, too little, too late as far as the prep goes. But uh, I think good things to come for uh, for Chad Reed. I think uh, one final season on Suzuki's and uh, would probably get him. Like, obviously, as a start uh, start. Uh, um, record now pad that stat a little bit and uh, like a, a, a final salute to the crowd not doing it on his own dime the 22 looks good and yellow so uh, and he's had some success on them in the past both indoors and out so uh, looking forward to that uh, a couple of guys yeah. that I, I kind of Super like great. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, a couple of guys that I'm kind of waiting on to see uh, some good, better results from to finish off this season. Uh, Cooper Webb, who for I think for all intents and purposes is thinking more orange these days than blue. Um, uh, I, I, 
he's probably got that that uh, contract's already signed, so he's not racing for a contract in 20, uh, 2019. But uh, I. I I would have expected Cooper Webb to be in the top five. Like from a guy who uh, had that much excitement around him coming into the 450 class, and uh, unless he's still dealing with some issues with the leg, um, the guy's been back at racing for a little while now. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would have like, is it is it not fair to expect him to be ahead of a, a Phil Nicoletti who uh, up until about six weeks ago had never jumped on a, a Husqvarna 450? Definitely not. No, I, I think you're right to have those kind of expectations of a of a factory rider, especially a rider who's won championships multiple times, you know, at these same tracks on a very, very similar bike, albeit a little bit, you know, a little bit smaller bore. Uh, but he, he's had plenty of time. I, I know we've touched him briefly, uh, especially following Millville that, you know, he's been back for a little bit. He's, he's got his, uh, he's got, he's got a few races under his belt, you know, after the injury and, and still, he doesn't seem to be performing right where he should be. And we've said time and time again, these factory guys, they cannot afford to have con- like consistently bad races. Um, one or two, understandable. But, I mean, you, if you're on a factory team, you have to be fighting and, and constantly putting your bike on these, on these podiums, you know. Um, even with the stack, or the class not being as stacked as it is in the past, it, it, it's only going to get harder for him. You know, these sevens next year could turn into tenths and fifteenths very, very easily. And we've seen it from other guys. So um, if you would have asked me er- earlier in the season, I would have said that him and Barsha would have had uh, a little bit switched seasons. I would have said that Cooper was the guy that was, you know, having his quote unquote resurgence year. And, um, you know, he was the guy that's battling for top three and second, you know, a few races still in, in, uh, toward, towards the end of the season. And um, yeah, and, and they totally flipped that script. You know, Barsha is the guy that, that we're talking about and, um, Cooper's a guy that everyone, you know, forgets about, you know, when I'm watching these races, half the time, I don't even really see him. If his name didn't scroll across the top, I probably wouldn't even give it a second thought. So, and it's something that you can't really, you can't have with a, with the factory rider. These guys need to be up front. Like I said, over and over consistent, putting themselves in, in a position to, to show off their factory bikes and keep these rides going. And if they're not performing, it, it, it get it gets tough to get signed. I think Cooper is lucky because he's had such a great run in 250s that he's able to obtain that KTM contract. Um, but I, I'd be curious to see how long you know what deals what, what the details are, how long it's for, and uh, what some of those stipulations are. But um, yeah, if if he wants to keep getting these factory rides, he's got to do the complete opposite in uh, in 2019 with KTM. Those guys demand excellence. They win you know consistent championships and. I think they're going to want him to be on that podium battling for wins, you know, being up there up front just as much as Marvin is. And um, he, these, I think these, uh, you know, sevens and eights, they aren't, they aren't going to cut it. So I'm hoping that this is a wake-up call for him. It, it encourages him and ignites that fire and, and uh, helps him, you know, to, to figure out what's lacking in his program to be able to get these, these uh, podiums. And we could see a whole new Cooper for, uh, for 2019. For sure, I th- that's that's what you have to see. If you're like, there's uh, probably more uh, pressure on Cooper Webb this season than there's ever been, uh, or this season coming up, 2019. Um, it's one of those things where you're like, no, I need to change the scenery. I need this. I need that. I need I need a good bike. I need uh, I need to get on the the Alden Baker program or whatever it happens to be. I need I need to make a change. And then okay, then like so you make that change and like everyone's all right now. Like produce. And, uh, like there's, um, like obviously, uh, yeah, like, uh, we'll, we'll hear the, the usual, yeah, I'm getting used to the bike 
and like uh, it's a transition period, and I need time to to test and this that and the other thing. Like the guy's got a full bill of health right now. He's moving into the off season where he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be down in Florida, putting in motos, putting in the heat, riding Supercross very soon. Uh, I expect him to do a few off season races, not nearly the schedule he did last year. I don't I don't I don't imagine him going to Oz X. Uh, I don't expect it, I, other than Monster Cup. I don't expect him to ride anything else. Uh, maybe uh, straight rhythm because uh, well, actually you know, honestly probably not straight rhythm because it's two strokes only. I don't I don't imagine him. Uh, switching to KTMs and then going out and riding a two-stroke uh, in a few weeks, so um, that's probably out. But um, yeah, like it, it's it's kind of a like like not to be harsh or anything like that, but it's kind of a put up or shut up uh, season for uh, Cooper Webb coming up, and uh, he has the ability, has the talent to be well within that uh, that top five. Like if if you're going on raw talent and ability. Uh, I think that you would have to uh, put him on the same level as a Justin Barsha and a Blake Baggett. And those guys have been knocking down top fives all season long. Um, but right now he's not. But he has to be in that mix. I think he has to, to assert himself within uh, that like that two to five range every single weekend, uh, which of course would force somebody out of that range. But uh, um, he's got to figure out a way to make that happen. Agreed. Uh, especially... Um, like like what you did when you compare him to other riders, who, like a like a Baggett or someone like that who who were performing consistently, it makes his results look even worse. You know, you, you can't you can't give up positions like this and uh, you know ride around in eighth and seventh and ninth and you know oh, maybe eleventh here or there. When, or even a Phil Nicoletti, like the, sort of interrupt you, but exactly. like a guy that doesn't have a full ride, he's literally fill in. Um, yep. And, and a guy who's talking about like I don't know what to, what I'm going to race next year. He might end up going to Canada. Uh, has consistently been finishing ahead of Cooper throughout the uh, the final part of the season, and you can chalk that up under a, a number of different things, uh, whether that be the injury, uh, being kind of checked out, and moving on to KTM next year, what have you. But uh, the reality is, the when you look back at the results, it like like in ten years from now, you'll forget. The circumstances that he was in, and all you seasons, all you see are ninth, eighths, and sevenths, um, and, and and that's not great. So, uh, um, and I, I, I don't think uh, I don't think like Cooper Webb. If you talk to him right now, he wouldn't say that he's pumped on those results. Uh, like, but um, like the reality is, and like we've talked about this before, anytime that I'm ever say disappointed or come down on a rider. It's not because I don't think they can do better. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting uh, better results or I think the, the fans expect better results because they're capable of them. I, like if, if you, if you pulled most uh, hardcore fans of motocross uh, two seasons ago prior or like in January one, 2017, where will Cooper Webb be uh, in in two years in the, the outdoor season? You think in uh, battling for podiums and wins, um, and not uh, not struggling to stay on the lead lap in a in a four fifty outdoor. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, well, maybe not struggling on the lead lap. Maybe that's a little bit harsh, but uh, like you you would expect that he's uh, consistently week to week ahead of. Phil Nicoletti ahead of Blake Baggett, and uh, at that point, certainly ahead of Justin Barsha, who uh, at that point uh, had not really uh, shown a lot of life at that point. But now it's it's almost yeah. flipped the script completely. Like it's, they're almost like they've like uh, I don't know if like being on the same team they like somehow bumped into each other and there was a transfer of power or like they've uh, <laughs> like it's like one of those Freaky Friday things or something like that. But uh, they basically <laughs> completely changed roles. It, it definitely seems like that, and. 
um, yeah, I agree with what you said a hundred percent, you know, um, and get, like, going back. Yeah. Any, just based off those results alone, they're not, they're not the best when you compare it to other people in his class, like, like Nicoletti, that guy had arguably what less than half the, the time on the bike that, that Cooper had this year and came out and heck the guy at the podium, you know what I mean? And, um, and he's on a, a bike that he does not know very well at all, whereas Cooper has been on that brand for a very long time. So it, it doesn't look well for Cooper, and it's something that, that just can't happen on KTM. And, if he wants, again, if he wants to keep getting these contracts, um, he wants to keep his name, then that legacy going of, of the type of caliber that he is, that, that super, super, uh, you know, headstrong, a very, very, uh, very confident, very talented rider, then he's got to have something happen. Um, you know, over the break, I think he needs to figure out exactly what he needs, get it, ask KTM for it, get it done and come out swinging in 2019, get up front and try to try to kick these guys off the pedestal that they're on because he's getting forgotten very quickly. And it's just something that, that I, I didn't foresee happening for, for Cooper Webb. Yeah. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I think, uh, he's has the potential to challenge for championships in the 450 class, and um, maybe this switch to uh, one of the most potent bikes of the last half decade will be his answer for him. Uh, of course, he'll still have to contend with uh, Ken Roxon, Marvin Muskan, Eli Tomac, and Jason Anderson. That's uh, a pretty fast five, uh, if you if you if, if you don't if I do say so myself. So uh, those he'll be in fast company, but. Uh, uh, the, the the good thing is he's got the talent to do so. But uh, a couple of standout performances uh, before we completely uh, um, put this one to bed. Uh, I think uh, like not a, not the the best day in the world for Weston Pike, but uh, a last race of the season gets his hand fixed, uh, finishes the year inside outside the or just on the on the tenth spot. Um, Kyle Cunningham continuing to be consistent in the, in, uh, in 11th, uh, uh, maybe you can go talk to, uh, Cunningham for me this weekend. I think I, I need to get that guy on the podcast for two, uh, before the season's out. But, uh, uh and, and honestly, a, a kind of a get right day for your buddy, uh, Brandon Shar. If someone was looking forward to doing a, uh, a, a collective experience with somebody this season, they'd want to do it with uh, Brandon Shar, who uh, gets 17th overall. But uh, for a guy with pretty minimal support as far as uh, some factory stuff and whatnot uh, or anything like that, uh, he kind of does it on his own. And uh, 16-16, consistent ride for a guy who, uh, uh, like I said, doesn't have a shit ton of support. So uh, good on him. And same thing for uh, John Short, who's uh, just fit, fast, and uh, doesn't quit. It's always great to see privateers, you know, whether it's on the program, which I hope to get all of them on the program eventually at some point in the future. But um, it's, it's great to see any privateer just um, who's very, very, very lacking in support. Just um, put in some solid rides, get the top 15, um, get those get those points towards, you know, a, a two-digit number in the future. And um, especially if they're they're a newer guy. And, um, you know, we're super pumped on Brandon. The guy has a lot of heart, rides with, um, you know, just – very minimal support and makes it work for him. And um, any given weekend, that guy is definitely, definitely a top 10 rider, definitely top 10 talent. Um, it's just a matter of putting all together, um, you know, but it, it can also be drawn for these guys because, you know, they're also their own truck drivers, their own cooks, their own mechanics, and they, they wear multiple hats. So um, it's incredible to see what these guys can do. And, um, you know, again, not just my guys, but just any privateer. Um, it's, it's definitely, uh, definitely great to see, 
other people besides the factory guys, um, you know, showcase themselves, showcase their talent, and 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 make racing um, exciting to watch. You bet, man. Well, uh, I I I hope that uh, you enjoy yourself uh, this weekend. Uh, I myself will be getting throttle therapy both Saturday and Sunday. You will not, and that's because uh, you like just watching motorcycles. You don't like riding motorcycles. So, um, uh, of course, you probably ride more motorcycles than I do, given the fact that uh, the uh, the latest and greatest from Harley Davidson has recently came out, and most or a good a good amount of the testing is done by the guy that's on the other side of this phone call. Pretty cool, if I do say so myself. But uh, I do wish you the best in your four your three hour drive to and from uh, the uh, the racetrack this weekend. And uh, before I let you go, we never do this. Uh, what would be your prediction uh, for your podium, both uh, both two fifties and four fifties, going into the final race of the year in Crawfordsville, Indiana, the Iron uh, the Ironman motocross race. Uh, let's see. If I, uh, if I have to take my top three, I'm definitely going to go with Eli for that top spot. Um, just for reasons we talked about already, guys, just running amazing. Um, second place, I'm going to have to go with Marvin. Um, he seems to like the Ironman racetrack. Um, and for those of you who have who've never been there before, I highly recommend checking it out. It looks like a MX versus ATV track coming to life with just huge jumps, big corners, really, really cool stuff. Um, and I'm going to go with, uh, with I'm going to say Kenny for that third spot. Um, he's got great starts lately. Um, I don't think uh, he's as comfortable on this track, um, just be given, you know, given the point that he hasn't rated as much as the other guys. Uh, but I, think, I do think that he'll get that top three spot and finish out solidly. Um, moving to the 250s. Um, I definitely, definitely think that one of the one of the Honda guys are going to follow up. I'm not sure if it's going to be Hampshire or Sexton, but one of those guys will be in the podium. And I'm guessing around a third place um, position. Um, if I had to say who's going to win, oh, man, I'm going to have to say my my guy Dylan Ferrandis. I think he uh, I think he was a sleeper this past weekend, but I think he's really going to come out, come alive for uh, for this last round and go out with a bang. Um, second place. Uh, maybe a little little out of whack here, but I want to say that that Fortner follows up the consistency with the with the second, maybe like a a two four or a, um, you know a, a a three two something like that, just a good overall consistent ride. So um, you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a wild card. I'm just gonna you know gonna 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 try something different. Um, but yeah, I I think it it's if it's if it's one race that it's gonna you know have a bit of a mix up. I think it's the last race of the season. So um, I, I I'm, I'm I'm curious to see how it shapes up. Fair enough. Well, uh, it's, what about 450s? Uh, 450, uh, I, I said, I think it's going to be Tomac, uh, followed by Muskeg and Roxton. I, I, I think, you know, messing up in that cadence of how things have been going the whole season. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to change much. Um, they're all riding too good. Marvin likes his place. Uh, you know, Kenny, Kenny's solid, but I think Marvin's got him here and Tomac's just, He's just gonna win, man. He's just gonna bulldog everybody and and ride ride his heart out. Fair enough. You heard it here first. Dave Drake's double D Drake. Dave Drake's here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by FMF the Fast House, as well as the Collective Experience and uh, Maxima Oil and Dunlop. And uh, we actually have a, uh, more than a few sponsors that uh, we don't plug nearly enough. I need to give those guys some love here and there. I want to thank, once again, before I get off this phone call, 
Bruce Willis over at Husqvarna Canada. Not that Bruce Willis, different one, guy that gets a whole lot more throttle therapy than the, the actor. Uh, shout out to him for uh, getting me my spoke kit for the rear wheel of my uh, 2016 KTM 252 stroke. Uh, expediently, literally talked to him about on Tuesday morning and it arrived this morning. So only uh, a couple of days uh, went by before I had the spokes I need to make sure that I'm uh, I'm ripping this weekend. So uh, uh, with that, really appreciate the time, Dave. For those who don't aren't already following you at uh, the Collective EX on Instagram, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, you're getting it nailed down, man. Boom. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you're not already following, you need to go do that. Uh, and uh, as always, appreciate the time, my friend. Don't hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're gonna cut it off right there. Hey everyone, let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly, then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drake's has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler Entiknap, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the collective experience today. TheCollectiveXP.com, as well as the collective ex on instagram is where you can find the collective experience do so immediately the collective experience nobody gets you closer what's wrong jeff i don't know jay well you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran oats and bran i didn't think there was such a that's what i used to think now i start out every morning with a bowl of amigos for extreme kids like us That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, guys, it's Fly Racing's Justin Brayton, winner of the 2018 Daytona Supercross. You're listening to the Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by FMF and PrivateerLife.mx. I am your host, Brad Gephardt. With us on the line, none other than the proprietor of PrivateerLife.mx, Garrett Schlegel. Garrett, how's it going? Good, Brad. How are you doing, man? Hey, not doing too bad whatsoever. Beautiful Tuesday afternoon here in uh, Winnipeg, just a few minutes after uh, noon Pacific. And uh, it's uh, the season's coming to an end, my friend. And that means uh, that week after week, uh, PrivateerLife.mx has uh, been helping out uh, privateers in need, uh, of which there are many, as you know, uh, almost every single moto that gets dropped, whether it's Supercross, uh, a, a heat race, or um, these nationals that we've been watching, uh, of, of which this weekend is the 12th round, um, 
half of those fields made out of uh, privateers, and uh, some are more fortunate than others. But uh, you do a great job in helping them out. Yeah, it's 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 been a it's been an awesome journey we've kind of been on so far, and uh, this year's probably three times bigger than it was last year, and I uh, definitely got some some other irons in the fire that we're trying to make even bigger for next year. So um, anything we can do to help, uh, that's, that's what we do. And it's, and it's been great so far. The guys are very appreciative and, and we love doing it. Awesome, man. Well, like, what are the different avenues that you can go about to help out a privateer? Uh, obviously uh, finances, finances are, uh, are needed um, when it comes to motocross, but there are other ways as well, whether it be a, uh, uh, a place to stay, a track to ride, or uh, or something like that. That's like a, kind of another dimension that uh, PrivateerLife.mx kind of supplies. Is uh, you guys have been doing some giveaways of which I was able to uh, contribute to this last weekend. We'll get into that in a second. But uh, in addition to that, people can sign up and uh, kind of help these guys go coast to coast. Yeah, and that and that's really what the genesis kind of was of the we- of the whole website to start with, and that is what our core values are. The financial side of things has been great, but really the the underlying theme of this whole website and this whole idea was to help guys out while they're on the road. Um, and people like you and I, Brad, that, that might have uh, resources that they're already ha- given to us in terms of whether we have a spare room, uh, you know, a place for you to come and, you know, we get a pressure wash, you might have an RV dump, uh, a, a tractor ride. A lot of guys that are signed up on the site as supporters uh, are more than willing to let you ride their tracks as you come through town. And, and that's a big deal because you're not paying 20 or 30 bucks to, to uh, ride a track, you know, as you're coming through the middle of the, the country. And um, it, it, anything helps. I mean, that's the, whole, that's the whole idea behind our website is, is just helping guys out that are on the road that you know they're scraping together, eating top ramen three meals a day and <laughs> doing anything they can to make it to the next round. So um, that's, uh, that's really the, the, the background of, of what we do originally. And then, as you know, and you've helped out, yourself uh with with financially is that we also do uh you know drawings uh throughout the the nationals to either help guys out with cash uh we've got companies that are on board that, that put up a product or a hundred dollar gift card uh, anything they offer as far as the company so anything helps and and uh, it's been awesome so far for sure and, and you've uh, partnered up with uh, not just this podcast but as well as uh, paul pemex and uh, the boys down at the uh, the moto x pod um, how important is it to get, to get the word out and uh, about these uh, programs, whether it be all these riders that are going coast to coast and getting their um, getting just getting their stories told? Because as I talked to you on the phone yesterday, like all these guys have a story, and uh, often uh, they're a little maybe not maybe not more interesting, but more readily uh, forthcoming with information when it comes to uh, their career and how they kind of came up. Like I doubt that. Uh, if I call up Eli Tomac, he's going to go uh, completely into what his week looked like. Uh, he's going to give me a, a vague description. But uh, a lot of times with uh, a privateer, they can go uh, nuts and bolts all the way deep with uh, the detail of their uh, their program. And I think that's pretty interesting for a lot of fans to know. Oh, for sure. I mean, and that's, you know, and, and you know, I want to say, number one, thank you for, for having me on again, Brad, because just having an outlet and a way to get the word out about what we do is huge. I mean, honestly, I, I, I track my analytics of our website. Uh, and, you know, after I come on a podcast like yours, I mean, the numbers just, just leap up 
um, for that fall for that week, and and that's that's a huge deal for us. But like you said, you know, a lot of the, all these guys have a story to tell, and we all know that it's a grind. But each story is so awesome to to listen to. You know, I uh, listen to Dylan Merriam's, uh, you know, like you mentioned that Steve uh, Mathis on his Privateer Life podcast uh, had Dylan Merriam on, and, and we all saw him pull that whole shot at Unidil, and I'm listening to this guy's story, and God, what a personable guy. You know, it's like, and it's great to hear these stories, because like you said, you're not going to get the, the week in, week out of, of Eli Tomac, but a guy like Dylan Merriam or Mason Kerr, or any of the guys that we help out, they're more than willing to, to like <laughs> basically share their story, you know, and, and not leave any of the gritty details out, which is, which is really what we all want to hear, and, and, it, and it just kind of makes you pull for those guys even more. You know, I've always said that you know, I've had racers stay at my house and, and uh, put them up for the weekend or whatever, and it's like the minute you make that connection with somebody, you're going to be like their biggest fan moving forward because it's like you have – there's that connection there, and, and that's awesome, you know, and, I, and that's another thing about the website that I like is that, you know, people are making connections, and, and you're getting to know these guys that you see on TV, you know, on the weekends, and it's, it's kind of a cool thing, you know. It's like you, you almost know somebody famous, but – you know, when you talk to them, they're like, I'm, I'm not anybody famous. I'm just a guy that likes to ride my dirt bike. So it's pretty cool. For sure. It's, uh, uh, it's an, it's a, private years are in a unique, uh, position because, um, it's not every day that, uh, like not to say that they're, um, in like the minor leagues or whatsoever, whatsoever, but the, the haves and have nots have a huge, uh, range of disparity between like, say your Eli Tomax or any of your privateer or your, your, uh, factory guys and the guys who literally uh, are, are paying out of pocket for a lot of their uh, program, and you just don't see that at any other sport. Where uh, on the same playing field on the same day, um, those two different athletes can can go head to head. And uh, I, for one, am extremely impressed uh, and kind of, kind of amazed, really, um, with how well some pl- riders can do. Like I, I take a, a Kyle Cunningham, for example, when uh, he's able to race forward. And get well with inside the the top top ten, top fifteen, almost every single weekend, uh, knowing that uh, he's he's not he doesn't have the same resources as the guys that are just steps ahead of him, uh, or the fact that uh, or just anybody like say like a a, a Michael Akaiden, uh, uh for example, who uh, like he, he drives for the Ty Lube team, he's going to race this weekend, and uh, he's probably going to sleep in the truck the night before the race. And, and then go there and be expected to compete with the best in the world. And uh, my hat's off to anybody who's going to attempt that because, uh, like, I, I honestly don't think a lot of the factory guys could be as good as they are um, if, they're, if they're in the same situation as a lot of privateers. Yeah. And, I mean, Kyle Cunningham, I mean, he's got a wealth of talent, uh, you know, just to begin with. And so, like you said, I think he's top 10 in points right now. And, and like it's a big thing. There's a there's a huge line of differentiation when it comes to the support these guys have. If you're able to to train all week, you have a program put together. You've got endless resources in terms of uh, you know parts and you know suspension guys, motor guys. The rest of these guys are it's a shoestring budget for them. You know, I when I made it to the Washougal round a couple of weeks back and. And I was talking to Brandon Scherer's girlfriend, and I just, you know, I, I'm always interested on their programs and, and how they make things work. And I said, hey, how does, uh, where does, how does Brandon find the time to train during the week? And she goes, you know, 
the last few weeks he hasn't even been able to train yet. We're, we're down to one bike. His practice bike is, you know, basically the engine blew up. He's down to one bike. He doesn't really get to train during the week. And this kid's in the top 22. And it's like, it blows me away that a guy with one bike, that's his race bike, his practice bike, even though he doesn't get to practice a lot during the week, is still putting in the results he does. It, it just, to me, shows the grit. And, I mean, these guys are doing it because they love it. You know, I mean, the top-tier guys, I mean, it's a job, and, and we all get it. But, man, just to see the results that some of these guys put in, knowing everything they go through during the week, blows me away and like you just mentioned michael Cade, and I, i'm not familiar with his story as much but what you just told me i never knew about him driving the rig and and doing all that and and to for him to, to put it in the 40-man field is it blows me away i mean it's it's an awesome story and and i love to hear him you know for sure and for those who aren't completely familiar with michael Caden, uh a guy who last year or two years ago at oakland i think it's two years ago now oakland he had his bike stolen and then, uh, like, I guess someone tipped him off as to where the bike was. Him and his mechanic uh, find this location, crawl up onto, like, this grassy knoll, uh, and, like, see the guy <laughs> unload the bike. Like, full-blown, like, spy ops. That, uh, um, like, this, this was, like, out of a movie. They see the guy roll up to this storage container uh, with the bike on the back of the truck, uh, they wait till the guy's gone to sleep. This is like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. They call the authorities. They're like, we know where this bike is. And he gets his bike back not uh, two days after uh, the bike goes missing. Pretty incredible story just two years ago. Wow, that that is crazy. You know, and we've all, you know, heard those stories about people getting their bikes stolen, you know, out of the tunnel at Supercross. And I kind of like go, how is that even possible? But the fact that he actually got it back, that is that is so cool because – Honestly, that what? How often does that ever happen? I mean, once something gets stolen like that, it's like you pretty much know you're never going to see it again. So, man, what a cool story, man! I uh, it's funny because I see Michael come up on my my Facebook, uh, you know, friends suggested friends, but I don't know him, you know. So to suggest him, Adam as a friend, but man, what a cool story! I'll probably have to reach out to him and and see if we can possibly help him out too. For sure, and, and that list of riders that you guys help is growing all the time. Um, whether it be Brandon Shar or uh, like a, um, a Mason Kerr, like you guys do a ton of great work week after week, and uh, and a lot of these giveaways have gone to some really deserving riders who uh, just work hard, and they 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 hope that they can maybe get a, a some help um, that will help them get to the next race, and uh, all of it helps uh, a huge amount. And I was able to uh, to help out as well. I I, I tried to uh, uh, do the best I could to be as creative as I could with the uh, the, the <laughs> video I put together. At the same time, uh, giving a shout out to uh, my gear sponsor, uh, Fast House, who uh, provided me with a number of jerseys uh, for the season and a couple pairs of pants. And what I love about Fast House is that you can pretty much wear one pair of pants and nine jerseys, and now you got nine uh, nine sets of gear. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's get into the, the, the giveaway a little bit and how important it is to help these guys out, out financially. Oh yeah. So, I mean, and, and honestly, Brad, the, the video that you did for us was by far the most, uh, creative one I've seen yet from one of our, uh, sponsors. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been great so far. I mean, there's, uh, you know, that's the thing when, when I, I, you know, cause I do reach out to a lot of different companies and, 
And, you know, it's, I, you can't have a fear of rejection because there's people that I never hear back from. And, and then there's people that you would have never thought would, would come on board, have come on board. And so my biggest thing, and like I told you too, is like, Hey, you know, the people that are putting up the money, then when we do these weekly drawings, um, I encourage them to do the, you know, I send you guys the names, uh, you know, have fun with it. Like, and you clearly did, which was <laughs> awesome. And it's like, hey, you know, get get your company some exposure. Let the people know that, hey, you are supporting the lifeblood of this sport, the privateer. And um, and and I, I want you guys to get as much exposure from it as possible because it's like you guys are the ones putting up the money or the product. And I'm just kind of the facilitator. You know, I'm glad that I could I could connect point A to point B. But at the end of the day, I, I definitely want the people that are putting up the, the, the money or the product to get that exposure and let the, you know, let the, the people know they're seeing these videos, who are the, the people that are really supporting these guys. So, yeah, it's, it's been awesome. Uh, I, got, I have three new sponsors on board for this week. So we're going to have, I think, at least five or six cash giveaways uh, in addition to Mojo Motorsport. Uh, this is the last round, and this is one of the rounds that they're putting up their $100 of gift card they've got awesome hard parts if you go check them out and uh yeah this it's you know we're gonna we're gonna end this this season with a bang and uh and i couldn't be more excited and, and i'm excited to know of the stuff that i'm working on for for next year as well i i had lunch with uh andy greg with uh guts racing and it sounds like they're going to be on board next year in some capacity so just we're just keeping trying to keep this thing going and, and make it bigger every year so Yes, sir, and uh, it's it's exciting to be a part of it. I, I uh, took a lot of pride in the video, and uh, to be honest, probably like 30 takes because uh, I kept uh, uh, forgetting what I wanted to say. <laughs> but either way, um, yeah. Kyle Hopkins was our winner. Uh, I'm really excited to uh, to connect with him. I think we're going to have him on the podcast soon. Unfortunately, uh, he informed me that he had a nasty get off uh, this last weekend at a, a local race. And uh, won't be at Ironman, and um, he's actually uh, declining the money. So I think uh, the two of us, him and I, are going to uh, put our heads together as to maybe how uh, he now, because like the, the money's still his, he's going to give that money away to a, a worthy privateer. So we're going to figure out a way to get him involved and uh, through a podcast that I'm going to do with him this week and uh, get, uh, get that $100 to another deserving privateer. But uh, congratulations to him uh, for winning it in the first place. Yeah, no, and, and Kyle is is a great guy. Of all the riders that we've helped out, he actually, um, I met him last year at, at Washougal, and he was uh, running around doing the Nationals with uh, Van Martin, and, and Van's another guy that we've helped out and, and a great guy. And so, you know, I'm sorry to hear that Kyle had that get-off, but, I mean, that, that also kind of lends to the character of a guy like Kyle where he says, look, you know, I mean, he realizes that that he he's not going to be able to use that money after he had that get off, but he wants to you know give it to somebody that, that can use the money. So I hats off to Kyle uh, again. I'm sorry to hear that he had that get off, but um, it sounds like he's doing the right thing, and, and you guys are going to figure out a way to give a, a guy the money that uh, that's actually uh, racing uh, this weekend coming up. So that's pretty cool. Absolutely, and shout out to uh, James Hansen over at Dirt Bikes for President for hand delivering the money when he uh, eventually gets the uh, the address where to send it to or where to drop it off to at the track. But uh, um, yeah, it's 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 great to be a part of the uh, the program and 
Uh, privateerlife.mx has been growing for a number of years now, and, and uh, you get more and more support of it all the every, all the time. I know uh, Steve over at Pulp has uh, been able to supply you guys with a ton of cash to give away, like, like $300 this last week, if not more. That's been consistent all season long. Myself, as well as the... Mo- uh, the uh, Moto X pod guys. So, uh, yeah, like how important is it to have, uh, those platforms come in and be able to not only provide money, but also, like you said, the platform, uh, to speak about it. Cause like, uh, we allow you guys to kind of shout it from the mountains. Right. Yeah. And that, that's the thing. I mean, the, the money that, that you and, and Jamie over at Moto X and Steve have put up, that's, that's just like the cherry on top because the voice that we get from, from being on a platform, like a podcast, is that that is really what is the most important thing to me because this is the way that we can get out because I can't make it to all the races but there's a lot of people out there that listen to your guys's podcast and that's how we spread the word and um, you know you got new listeners coming on every every week I'm sure and so you know I you know we were fortunate enough to come on to your podcast uh, last year and, and put a you know get our voice out there but since then I'm sure you've had new listeners and. And uh, they're going to listen to this one, and, and it's just one more way to to say, hey, that you know, there may be a guy out there that says, yeah, I've got a I've got a spare room or a practice track or you know, even any any amenities uh, that we list on the website as far as what what are options and what we suggest, um, you know, they'll, they'll may come on board to be able to help a guy out. So it's it's a huge deal for us to have that that media outlet and that platform to to get the word out there because. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a grind, man. And these guys are, are just, you know, there's a lot of guys that can't make it to certain rounds because literally they're saving money for gas just to make it to the next, you know, to whatever round is the next closest one to them. So just putting the the word out there and, and, and obviously the cash is an awesome thing too. And I'm very appreciative of that as are the guys that, that get it. Um, but again, just, just getting our voice heard and, and, uh, you know, getting the word out there is, is a major deal. So, again, Brad, I appreciate it. I appreciate the, you know, support that you've given us as well on the back end. And, and you and I do a lot of things behind the scenes that, that probably other people don't see. But And that's just part of it, you know. I mean, it's, you're, if you believe in the sport and you're, you know, you love it as much as we do, it's like, man, you, there, there's no, you know, you just love to be able to help guys out. And, and uh, you know, we've been able to do that, and it's been great. For sure. Love to give back, and uh, it, it, it never gets old for me. Um, so with that, uh, I ask, uh, where can people come become more connected with PrivateerLife.mx? Where can they follow on social media? And uh, most importantly, where can they go on the website to sign themselves up to uh, be a place where uh, a, uh, a tired privateer can uh, can lay their head off, maybe when they're on the road, or where they can dump their... Uh, uh, their septic, septic system, or uh, or even a track to ride, because uh, all of, all three of which are very important to a privateer's program. Yeah. So the the our main spot to go that that you can that really can find about about what we do is the website. It's www.privateerlife.mx, uh, and I encourage people to read the the what is privateer life section of our website, so you can really see what we're about and all the things that we can do to help help out a racer or if you're a supporter um, and, and you want to be able to help these guys, check it out. And um, you can sign up as a supporter or a racer if you need the help uh, or if you're willing to help. And, and it's, a, it's an awesome thing. More and more people are coming on board every week. I even got a guy from France. And as you know, I've got a couple of guys up in Canada. 
um, people are, are willing to do it. So that's, that's really the main place to go. But our second biggest following, or maybe it actually is our, our largest following, is, is on Instagram. Uh, and it's we're at privateerlife.mx. Uh, we've also got Facebook and YouTube, uh, Twitter, all those things. But Instagram seems to be where we get the most uh, reception to what we do. That's where all of our videos are. It's, it's you know, like you and I know, Brad, we've got our normal nine to five job. So it's kind of hard for me to keep up with getting all of our videos everywhere, uh, in terms of like YouTube and that type of thing. But, um, yeah, Instagram really is what, where you can kind of see what we do in terms of the, the cash giveaways and the website is a spot to really go to, to sign up and see, you know, if you're, if, you know, there's guys out there that, that don't have things that, um, you know, that, they, that are the normal stuff, but there's there's a section of the website that's called, you know, basically other options that you might be able to, you know, lend a hand to support with. And so even if you don't think you have anything, go on to the website, check it out. You may be like, oh, hey, yeah, I could do that, you know, because we've got, got a checklist of things that you can say what what's available. And, uh, yeah, just check it out. And if you can help, great. If if not, that's okay too. We're just we're just always trying to to find a little bit more support for these guys, and uh, yeah, that's that's really the, the places to go. Awesome, man. Well, hopefully uh, people follow through on that, become a supporter, and if you're a privateer listening who needs an extra helping hand, sign up as a rider. Uh, Garrett Schlegel on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by FMF and the Fast House. Um, Garrett, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Let's do it again sometime. Brad, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for the uh, the platform, and uh, we'll talk soon.